0: You're listening to Whose Voices, a podcast from Who's Knowledge. Hello, Aria. It's really great to have you here. Thank you again for sitting down and having this conversation with us. And for starters, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? who you are, what you do, and how do you define yourself?
1: Thank you, Adele. Thank you for having me. How do I define myself? (laughs) There's the classic one I like doing in interviews and on social media, but really it's kind of describing myself using absolutes. So I normally describe myself as a human being. And then I Describe bits of that humanity. So, for example, I exist as a transgender woman. I love as a lesbian. And then sometimes I like describing my politics. So I fight as a feminist. I love the work I do, but yeah, I like to move away from that and put in the center like, my humanity. But yeah, going to the more standard introductions, I am a trans activist in Kenya. And also my uh, communications person and storyteller. That would be me in, in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. I really love that you started with the um, introduction that brings you the most joy, but also really aligns with your values and our values. So it was beautiful. Yes, we are human beings first. So thank you for that. So, one of the things that you already know that we run this global multilingual campaign to center the knowledges of marginalized folks like us, the majority of the world, and we also have a global campaign to make marginalized women, especially Black, Brown, Trans, and Indigenous women visible on Wikipedia and the broader internet. Question for you is, do you know and use Wikipedia?
1: when I was trying to figure out my identity as a trans woman. Like I didn't have the words for it. I didn't know the word to describe myself as transgender. Actually got my first internet connection and then spent a whole month searching online. And I would lie to my sister and be like, I'm doing online work. <laughs> I was actually like researching and being like, oh, what's wrong with me? Is there someone like this? And so the first person I found was um, Liati, And she's a Brazilian a model. And at the time, yeah, she was, you know, she was visible. That was my first point. And interestingly, I did not find her on Wikipedia. It was like on all these other sites. But while that search came to me in that way, it was still powerful in that seeing, seeing this person online. And I mean, she's half a world away from me, but just seeing her online and I was like, okay, there's people like me out there. And this is the thing that's been out of sorts with me for the last decade or so. It was a powerful thing to come to because for the first time I had words to describe. And I think that's what every online platform holds, you know, that power of information just to affirm people. Like when someone sees themselves online, they can validate their own existence. Now, last year, Leah followed me on Instagram. So the internet offers this whole possibility, knowing yourself connecting with people like you. And yeah, it's beautiful in that way. Wikipedia, I mean, because there's that trust or the first point where people go to, I think it should have more and more of this you know, representation so people can see themselves.
0: You touched on so many things that I want this conversation to be about, Arya. And you talked about why visibility matters regarding validating one's existence. You talked about the spaces to go and really look for information about yourself, but others to see others in these spaces of affirmation. So we want to talk about all of that. Um, and I think the first one is you mentioned the fact that when you were looking for information about Leah and you were at the like beginnings of your journey uh, around your identity, that Wikipedia was not the place that you could find information. Um, Nowadays, if you go and look for biographies, you look for things that are meaningful to you and to your multiple identities, do you find content? And do you find that the content and even the images that you're finding are affirming to you?
1: I think the only Kenyan transgender woman you will find on Wikipedia is probably Audrey. So I think there's still a gap. And the challenge maybe is not really with the platform, but the fact that the platform depends on society to inform what they consider worthy of being put there. So if you have a society like ours where, well, ours I'm speaking about, you know, Kenya and East Africa and, and this part of the world where our identities are considered maybe um, not valid, then if the platform is relying on our society, to uphold us so that we can get onto the platform, we're never going to get onto it. And that's the challenge. I think Audrey got onto it because of litigation and taking the government to court on so many occasions to recognize uh, transgender people. And I think she was at that point where she could not be you know, ignored. But yeah, the threshold for people to get on Wikipedia is different for minoritized majority of the world or marginalized communities or whatever the name we give to these other groups that are not treated as equal human beings to others. So that becomes even an extra step. So I think that's the difficulty. Lastly, I year had the chance to upload my own picture in Commons. And that was a good thing because someone will search Kenyan transgender woman and they will find my picture. That was like a really, it was an affirming experience. Like we also have some power in contributing to that. And I don't know, maybe things have changed for younger trans people. Like the young 20 something year olds are meeting now. Possibly they wouldn't go on Wiki to find me. They'd look for me on like Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but it's still nice to have that whole body of information there
0: yes and you know that we use wikipedia as this proxy for online public knowledge and a place which is community oriented but my next question to you was so if wikipedia has ways to go in terms of visibility and affirmation um, and acknowledgement right what would be the other way or other places like even proprietary sites or the social media sites that you know and you have been mentioning that Right now, if a young trans would like to reach out to you and to know more about you, they would probably not do that via Wikipedia, but they would use other places. So can you tell us a bit more of what is the experience then? Is the experience all positive or how is it to be in this other websites?
1: I think it's important to to split visibility and knowledge. When I was trying to understand things, Wikipedia was the choice of it. But visibility, like, you know, the proprietary platforms, Facebook, Instagram, it's important to help other people know, you know, we exist, like we're there. But if anyone was making, like, you know, seeking something more in depth, let me try and find an example. So, from one of my tribes of origin in Kenya, they used to have what we'll now call transgender people, and they were regarded as the medicine people of the tribe, the diviners, this divine spiritual leaders was believed to embody a whole feminine spirit which will balance out the power of the warriors. So if I go seeking out knowledge like this or history that affirms that people like myself existed in the past in that form and now exist in the present in this form, I'm not likely to find that on Facebook or Instagram or even on Twitter but having such things on wikipedia would be useful to the community because there is knowing we exist and then there is having knowledge that validates our existence and so when i'm putting out my posts on social and always you know our existence is our truth but also knowledge is needed to to represent truth out there Right now, and someone says, you know, being transgender is not African, or being a lesbian is not African, then the only place you can go to bring out this knowledge is like in you know, ethnographic studies and some anthropology works, which sometimes are written in a very skewed way. So, for example, about the lesbians among some of the Kenyan peoples, so the Kikuyu had lesbians, but the ethnographer who wrote about that was Liki. And Liki wrote thousands of pages about the Kikuyu people, but only spent two pages talking about the lesbians in the community. And when he was asked about this, you know, he felt that they're not valid. And seeing in his words, he said, I spoke only to the men. And Liki was a British European. Another colonizer also wrote about lesbian women in Africa was named Lugard, and Lugard always said, I feel that they can't be in a relationship that it is clear to him he believes that one woman is a slave to the other. So these skewed ways in which colonizers represented people like myself or people whose identities I embody now are still the ways that can be found in their ethnographies and Places like Wikipedia offer us a chance to back up our truth in knowledge. So it's still important in those ways. Because right now, I think we live in a world where truth is being challenged. And the threshold of challenging truth seems lower for the people who put out myths and put out falsehoods than the people who actually represent the reality of things. And this is not only for Africa, like we've seen trans people in the US being put the validity of the existence being challenged i feel this is this is one gap that a platform like wikipedia could address
0: you mentioned when we look at knowledge online and even knowledge in general and especially around being a transgender a human being you are going to find that really skewed by the colonizer's perspective and As we talked about before here, if we're centering our knowledges, then we are the authors of our histories and stories. And that's one key problem in the content, as you pointed out, what would be the changes that you would like to see in the way ethnographers or academia in general, or even journalists or Wikipedians that are volunteering to write that encyclopedia, what would be the changes in the way they talk about transgender people, the way they create that content, the way they don't only talk to the men when they are doing their studies. So what would be some of the yeah changes in behaviors that you would like to see for folks that are creating that content?
1: Um, I think the first draft of a Wikipedia article should come from the people living the reality. So I can write um, a whole history of of my people and whatever transgender identities that are embodied, you know, with the Meru people, with the groups that are considered now tribes of Kenya. And that first draft should come from the groups or the people living that kind of reality. And then after that, now editing can take place. But that whole idea of that it doesn't exist until sources like you know, the skewed sources I'm mentioning, I think that's wrong because those skewed sources will make sure my existence is a risk. But if that initial first draft, maybe it's not, uh, you know, academically written or academically cited, but if that can get on Wikipedia and it can be there as an article that needs, you know, citations and needs backing up, then that's a good starting point for all of us because... It's there. Like the presence is the first step. And maybe this are thing Wikipedia need to consider, like like having all these tabs of articles, like that threshold should come down to the level where communities can put up their truths, whether they were oral traditions, whether they were some of it was captured in bits and pieces of ethnographies, what in whatever way they were written. But yeah, that whole thing of a starting point where all of us can access that for me i guess it's it's really it's really important
0: yes yes it starts with who it should start that's at the heart of the centering um us right in this knowledge and i think we are talking about spaces like wikipedia that i hope a lot of the wikipedians that listen to our podcast will hear this will listen to you because you're pointing out such great things for the movement and for the folks that are writing the encyclopedia to consider. But I do, I'm curious to know if there is any place that right now you feel is doing a good job at really creating a space of affirmation that you can actually embody all of your identities and feel that you are safe, you are seen, and you are affirmed. Is there any like concrete example And it could be to create knowledge, but it could be for visibility, but just wondering if there's a place that is doing right in safeguarding, creating this environment of safety and affirmation and joy for you at the moment.
1: I think this is a bit of privilege for me, like my interaction with those knowledge just opened up for me, you know, this whole idea that my lived reality was also knowledge and this was a big difference from the point I was figuring out my identity because I was seeking knowledge from outside. Like I needed to see Liati somewhere for me to see myself. But also, it can be the other way around that me seeing myself makes me able to go and look at this whole ethnography and say, but uh, these two pages were being written about African lesbians. Or, you know, this. Mogwe, who in grade 3 I was told were medicine men, were actually you know, non-binary, gender non-conforming kind of people, or literally trans women in my words now. I guess just also having a voice that challenges platforms to keep getting better, that is important. I think that's enough for someone to start, not just be outward seeking for like knowledge coming in, but also be confident as a generator of knowledge or a person who can piece knowledge together. I mean, all these things I'm saying now, like the people who lived in this, you know, land and embodied all these identities, at some point I will never have thought to go seek out this knowledge or even believe it exists until I could see myself in this way. Whose knowledge is speaking about Decolonizing the internet. And that's all someone needs to hear. That one voice that says there could be more and this could be better, then it gives courage for someone to go out and, and be better. Another example I have apart from whose knowledge, there's one of my favorite organizations called Soulforce. And Soulforce challenges, um, quote unquote, what is called religious truths. So, yeah, I think that dissenting voices. Is- has been something for me and i think it's important for more and more people to keep hearing it so that it's not just a voice that's within an organization that every individual who has it frees themselves first and again becomes like a contributor to all this dismantling of of systems that hold knowledge in captivity
0: um you were just pointing out like dismantling this historically and current systems of power and privilege and oppression. It's not going to take one voice or one community. It's going to take all of us to decolonize inside and out. And to join this complex social movements that are trying to change it. And in the beginning of this conversation, we talked about visibility and we talk about visible women as One initiative within what Whose Knowledge does to change the internet that we experience today. And I wanted to go back to it because you already in the beginning mentioned why that's important, but I want to come back to it and ask you, is making the trans community, trans human beings and the people that carries that identity visible online, something important? Why, why does that matter?
1: There's a whole group in society that keeps saying, you know, uh, you people, you lesbians and trans people, you know, you could just go live your lives quietly. You don't have to rub it in, in our faces. But the fact is that everything that was not us, everything that was, you know, straight, cisgender, white, Christian, all these things were not just rubbed in our faces, they're kind of made. To represent the world for us. So we are so far gone on the one path that we can't see anything that's not what we're indoctrinated to believe. So visibility does the opposite. It says the world is multiplicity, the world is diverse, the world is rich. It's countering this one narrative that we were taught from when we were kids. And so it's important for especially in my context here, just for people to see difference because difference is what challenges people to be, to be better human beings. So you see a trans woman and they're visible online and then if someone is actually seeking to be a better human being, they're like, oh, wait. Maybe we are not exactly just two genders or two sexes or one way of loving people. And maybe I need to open up my mind towards a richer way of existence so visibility it's important not just for me as a trans woman or for younger people who are trying to you know figure themselves out the gender or sexuality it's important for the world to become a more humane world difference is part of being human it's actually part of being nature because nature is like very diverse very different and (laughs) while we accept that in nature, somehow we kind of resist it in our humanity and people need to keep seeing difference. Having difference visible, I think, will make us a better human race.
0: As you were saying that so beautifully, um, I was also thinking about the theme of the Visible Women campaign this year, which is hope and healing, creating feminist memory online. Yeah, and just hearing you talk about difference in this way brings me hope and healing. Um, I want us to talk a little bit about that because I wonder if you think it is possible to create trans, feminist, and intersectional memory online, and if so, how? How can we do that?
1: Well, I'm, I'm not sure about how, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel it's important. It's important again for I think for the world as is, because right now a lot of ways of being that embedded in patriarchy involve extraction, extraction from the planet, extraction from each other as human beings. And the world needs to see to see feminism not as this anti man thing that they kind of try to represent it. But people need to see it as the new way of of nurturing and taking care of the planet, putting a human being above the economic value, the economic value that we've pegged on the human life, and splitting that and saying, you know, the human being comes first. And this for me is what, you know, feminism is. A lot of times also with our movements, we come at it from a point of being oppressed. So if I'm in Kenya, I'm fighting to have my identification documents, you know, to get married, it's really caught up in the trenches. That we miss the point that the reason for all this is so that the world becomes a better, more humane place to be in. And I think this needs to be spoken about more. It's not just about, you know, addressing the injustice and correcting policy. But once we start addressing all of this, not just uh, a writing of wrongs, but a recreation of our way of being, and a recreation of how we interact with our world and with each other as human beings. Building from those roots and those kind of foundations, then the fight for rights takes on a better meaning. We're not just fighting oppressive systems. We are proposing a new way of the world to exist.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aria. This was really inspiring. And I am sitting here thinking, if there's one thing or a message that you want to leave to our communities, to the people that are going to listen to this conversation about trans memory online and what is the world, but also the internet that we want to dream about and to co create together?
1: The one thing I want to say like, you know, our existence is our truth. And Normally when I put that in my social posts, I'm usually referring to, you know, existence as trans people, like that being embodied in our own, you know, our bodies, and this is our truth, this is our knowledge. But I think our existence as, as a humanity then is also our truth, and people should start looking at that. Put humanity, humaneness, and the human being at the center, and then now build everything else around that. What is knowledge that upholds humanity? What is... And I think that would be like a really strong basis to rethink about our lives. If we have that as an anchor, then it means everything else is open to challenge. Everything else is open to growth.
0: Oh, so beautiful. That was the last question that I had, but I do want to offer you the opportunity to say anything that we didn't cover or anything that... I didn't ask you about, that you would like to add and include in this conversation? Is there anything left?
1: I don't think we left anything, actually, I think we need more of these conversations that, you know, they make us really reflect on the ways of the work we do and our being and all those. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes, I absolutely think we should do more of this and it was an absolute joy and inspiration to be with you today for this. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me, those was awesome. <laughs>